Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Welcome to the City of David Dartford podcast. Be blessed as you listen to this message from our pastor. Father, we ask that you will receive us, O God. We ask that you will accept us even as we have come. We are living sacrifices unto you. And we ask that we shall come unto you as a sweet-smelling servant. To the glory and to the honor of your name, O God. Anything that is not right in our lives, O God, we ask that the blood of Jesus will cleanse. And we pray that you will accept us, Father. To the glory of your name, O God, in Jesus' name we have prayed. Lord, as we go into your word, we ask that you will go with us. Holy Spirit of the Most High God, the spirit of truth and the spirit of life, we release all to you this morning. We ask that you will speak to us by yourself. It shall not be from humanity, but it shall be the words that you want us to say, O God. Our year shall be your year. Our name shall be, our, your name shall be our name in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take our seats. Thank you, choir and media team. God bless you in Jesus' name. I want to say good morning to everyone and our online viewers. Good morning or online members, rather. Good morning. I hope we are all okay. We are all fine. Families are very well, um, and we are very okay, too. For women, I always ask, how are you? I know family is fine, but you yourself, how are you? Because I'm aware that women take care of everyone in the house, and they neglect themselves many times. So I hope we are all well. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Acts. We have been dealing with realization. And um, I looked into the dictionary to be sure that I know exactly what I'm supposed to be talking about. And I realized or I discovered that realization is about awareness and having an understanding of a particular thing. So today we want to talk more about understanding God. And as I was looking at this and thinking about it in my heart or as my mind was just, you know, moving, that, that was about, I think, two or three weeks ago now, this scripture was impressed in my heart, the unknown God. And I tried to look at where unknown God is. Obviously, I knew had read about it many times in the Bible, but I know I still had to go back to it to see what it is actually about. And so I would ask us to open our Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17. We're going to read from verse 22. This was Paul 
in Athens. He was actually waiting for Timothy and Silas to come. He asked them to come over and meet him. And so while he was waiting for him, he was at Athens at this time. And so while he was waiting for both of them, he decided to look into the city. And knowing Paul the way he was, he never sat down. Any opportunity he finds to speak about God, he will always utilize that opportunity. And so as he was waiting for Timothy and Silas at Athens, he went through their city. And then, let's go to 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, men of Athens. Meanwhile, in this Athens, there were a lot of philosophers there. And when you know philosophers, they have their own theory, and you can hardly change their theory. They always do a lot of research to arrive at their theory. And until one person comes to criticize that theory and brings another theory out of research, they stay with that school of thought. And so here in the midst of them, Paul says, then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. And then he continued speaking to them about God, trying to open their eyes, trying to create awareness of the almighty God and letting them understand the attributes of the Lord. Let's move on to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read from um, 9. He says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And let's quickly move on to Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. This was Nebuchadnezzar 
speaking. And so we'll go back to where we started, Acts chapter 17. Praise the Lord. Paul was in Athens at this time. And Athens was full of idolatry. They had different types of idols, and they worshipped different types of idols. But there was one particular shrine that they had, and they put this there, to the unknown God. This unknown God was different from all the other gods. They didn't know him, but he was there. Like, we know you exist, but you are there. And this is your shrine. The only way they knew how to worship God was worshiping the idols. And so they were idol worshipers. And he came here to declare who God was. And he started to, you know, talk about the attributes of God. And if you remember the life of Paul himself, he was a man that worshipped the unknown God. Even in his early days. Bible made us to know that he went to the school of Alexandria, which was about the best school, um, about the best Bible school, even at this time. So um, he went to that school, and of course, as far as he was concerned, he was worshiping the Lord. He was a Bible scholar. He was full of full of, by the scriptures, was like in his head. And the scriptures being in his head, he was a man that persecuted the Christians. He was meant to be a Christian. And in actual fact, he professed himself as a Christian. He was like a religious person, if you understand what I mean. Someone that studied the scripture. So he understood it. It wasn't like he didn't know it at all. But at the same time, he was a man that took authority from the head. And he persecuted as many Christians as possible. In actual fact, one of his major work that had to be written in the Bible was when Stephen was killed. Bible made us to know that Stephen was stoned. And as the man was dying, Bible said, the people that stoned him, they laid their garments at the feet of a man called Saul, which means Saul was the one that was instrumental to the death of Stephen. And Bible also made us to know that as he took a letter of authority, moving from one place to the other, moving Christians out of their houses, he got to a point, he went into their house, looked for Christians, and brought them out. So was the life of Paul. Until one day, in his journey of persecution, when God suddenly introduced himself to him. And God told him, you can't be kicking against the goats. You can't be walking against me. You can't say you are, you are my own, you are, my, you are a Christian, you are serving me, and you are killing my people. You cannot say so. Until God opened his eyes, he went through a period, and it was God that made him to get blind. 
It was God that orchestrated how he received his sight. And since that time, he went on declaring the God that he never knew before. And so he did not know him for a long time. And then he got to a point in his life when he had worked for God, he had done so many things. He came out to tell us, he came out to tell us that forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward towards the mark of the eye calling in Christ Jesus. And then he told us the way. There are two ways even to know God. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable to his death. There are two sides even to God. One is the power of resurrection. The other side is the fellowship of his suffering. And for everyone or anyone who would know God, that person must be able to understand the power of his resurrection and to understand the fellowship of his suffering. Bible made us to understand that God introduces himself in different ways, even to everybody. He wanted Ezekiel to know him more. He carried him to a place where they call cemetery. And he told him, he said, look at all these people that are dead. You can see their grave. Ezekiel was in the spirit. And he saw that the bones were dry. There were many graveyards. People that had been buried long time ago. Thousands and millions of bones that had been there. And God asked him, can these bones live? Ezekiel looked at the bones, but he looked at the almighty God that he knew. He said, I do not know. And I cannot answer. Because the bones, as I'm seeing them, personally, I will say they cannot live. But I know you, the God who has no impossibility. The God who knows no impossibility. And so my answer will be, you are the only one that knows. The question you are asking me, you are the only one that can answer it. He said, I do not know. And God said, breathe upon this. Which means the breath of God. As he's breathing out, the breath of God was breathing through Ezekiel. And all the bones in the cemetery, Bible said, they started to come together. I do not know how Ezekiel managed to stay looking at all of these things happening in a cemetery and he did not run away. Bible said bones came together and Ezekiel was seeing them. He saw how the bones came together. The joints came together. Everything came together. And he said, can they live? They, they have risen up but they are not breathing. He said breathe into them. And they breathed into them and there came mighty soldier, people that were dead, and yet they became living beings. When God introduces himself into your life, there is no way you can remain the same. You only need to have an encounter once, and your life will never remain the same. Bible makes us to understand. Isaiah had been a priest. Isaiah had been a prophet. But the day God will come to introduce himself to him, Bible made us to know that in the year that King Uzziah died, 
Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was clothed in robes of majesty. And he looked at himself. He said, woe is me, for my lips are unclean, and I dwell in the midst of unclean people. When God introduces himself to us, we can never remain the same again. No one sees God and remains the same. He comes to certain people. He declares himself as Jehovah Rapha. He said, any of the diseases of the Egyptians, I will not allow them even to come upon you. He said, I am the balm of Gilead. He said, I will rub myself on you. And so whatever is wrong, he got even into some people's lives. He declared himself as Jehovah Shalom. He said, I am the God of peace. In the midst of the boat, when the boat was sinking, Jesus was sleeping and the disciples woke him up and he looked at them, looked at the storm and he said, peace be still. The God that knows no impossibility. The unknown God. You cannot know everything about him. You can only know the side that he comes to you. The way he introduces himself is the only way that you can know. You cannot know any other. He declares himself as Jehovah Nisi to some people. He said, I am the Lord your banner. I will not allow the rod of the wicked even to rest even upon you. Whatever you need, it is there in God. God is a God of covenant. The Bible says faithful is he who has called. Bible says he will do it. If he has called you, he will do it for you. He's a God that does not disappoint. He says, I am not a man that I should lie. Neither am I the son of man that I should repent. Will I say it? I shall I not do it. And so when God says it to you, he ensures that he brings it to pass. The unknown God. You cannot know everything about him. When you are sick, he comes to you. He heals you. When you are in sin and you ask for forgiveness, he heals you. When you need anything, he comes as, pro, as your provider. David says, I have been young since I was young. I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed beg for bread. Which means when you are in need, he's there to supply everything that you need for you. The unknown God. The one that nobody... You cannot know everything about him. Bible made us to know that he appeared even unto Moses. It was only Moses that could speak to him face to face. And Bible says, nobody has ever experienced that anymore. He says, if you see me, that day is the day you are going. And so you cannot see God physically. But everything about him you can see around. Everything about God you can read around. Bible, um, Paul says, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. The power that brought forth Jesus Christ from the dead. That the grave could not hold him captive. Death could not hold him captive. Demons could not hold him captive. Babu made us to understand that in the grave, he fought the fight that you and I were supposed to fight. He went to the devil, collected the keys of hell and death. And on the third day, 
as he spoke even beforehand, he appeared even at the entry, at the exit, even of the grave, ready to come out. And because God knows what was going to happen, he already sent an angel that on the third day, Jesus Christ will be at the exit of the grave. And so as soon as he got there, the stone had been rolled away. The unknown God, the unknown God, the one that we can never know everything about him. You cannot know everything about the God that you serve, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, Paul realized who he was. He knew he was less privileged. Do you know how he was less privileged? He knew that when Jesus Christ was on earth, he was not a disciple. He missed a lot from the Lord Jesus. Paul is like you and I. He missed that ministry. And because he was alive at the time it was going on, that was a pain to him. And so he considered himself as a less privileged. He knew he missed out of a lot of things. He didn't see how Jesus Christ performed miracles. He didn't hear all the teachings that he gave to Peter and the other disciples. And so he missed out of, even he missed out of the crucifixion. When he rose up on the third day, he was not there to see it. But he was there persecuting Christians all around. And because of that, he knew he had to depend on revelations. Peter and the disciples, or Peter and the apostles, they were better off somehow because they saw it with their two eyes. They had it with their two ears. He ministered to them. He prayed for them. They enjoyed a lot of things from him. But for Paul, he missed out of a lot of things. And so he had to depend on the encounters that he has with the Holy Spirit. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable to his death. You can never grow well without, without experiencing both sides. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The fellowship of his suffering is about our growth in Christ. It is easy for us or it is okay for us to come to God as a child. When I was young, I was about eight years old. My sister was about 12, and she was going for baptism. And because she was doing everything, like Bible readings and everything that they were supposed to do, the church we attended, is they do baptism for them at 12 years old. They don't do before 12. Is when you get to 12, you go and do baptism. And so, while she was getting ready for her baptism, I saw everything she was doing, and I decided to do them. I read the scriptures, I did the exam, I did everything, and I passed. And to go for baptism, I must be 12, but I was 8 years old. But then they passed me on, and then they took us to where we were going to have the baptism. It was the, another pastor, a greater pastor, that was to baptize us. And so people were being baptized. When it got to my turn, the pastor looked at me. He, he saw a small girl. And he said, how old are you? 
And I was just by the water side. And I declared myself. I said, I am 14 years old. <laughs> and I was eight. The man looked at me. He said, you 14? I said, I am 14. And on that day, they baptized me. And I was happy. A few years down the lane, I began to understand God. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But then, I am not permitted to stay as a child forever. And so as I grew, I began to understand the Lord. And this incident was a landmark incident in my life that affected me, affected a lot of things, affected my thoughts, affected my heart for many years. And I was asking, can I do baptism again? And they kept on telling me, you can only do baptism once in a lifetime. I thought I had missed it for life. I was growing 10 years, 12 years, but I had a burden in my heart. I knew I had got, done something to God. I knew I had to repent, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to correct it, and it was there, and I kept on growing with it from year to year until I suddenly got born again. And when I got born again, I moved to another church. When I heard that I was supposed to do baptism again, Jesus Christ, it was like a burden that was lifted from a child. A burden that I carried for a very long time. I was permitted to do that. But I cannot be permitted to go on living like that. If you have a child, that child is expected to grow. If that child does not grow, you become worried. When I had my first child, she didn't bring her teeth out on time. I was worried. I spoke to my friend. I said, she's not bringing out her teeth. And she gave me an assurance. She said, have you ever seen a child that does not grow teeth before? I said, no. She said, she will grow. Her teeth will grow. And I thank God, the teeth grew. It, when a child does not do what he's supposed to do on time, naturally, you become worried. So if you and I remain a child, God is worried about us. God is worried. He's worried. You are there. I've been feeding you with words. Yet, you are not changing. You keep receiving miracles, but you are not growing in the Lord. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. Will you continue as a child forever? No, it is not permitted. People become worried about us. The life of Nebuchadnezzar is a life that worries me and I think about many times. People think that Nebuchadnezzar was an unbeliever. Who says, no, did you hear the scripture that we read? Daniel chapter 4, he was talking about the holy God. When he threw the children of Israel into fire, when he saw the fourth person, he said he looks like the son of God. How does he know the son of God if he does not know God? Bible made us to understand that God by himself 
delivered Judah into his hands. And God said, he went into the house of God in Judah, and he brought out all the treasuries, and he placed them in his own shrine. And at some point, this same gold that God gave to him, he put them together and made them gold for people to worship. And at a certain point in time, Bible made us to understand that this man, he started to have dreams. He had the first one, then he had the second one. When the second one came, God gave him a warning and gave him one year, 12 months to change. And at the end of 12 months, when he refused to change, he was going on, he was looking at his domain and he was blessing himself, forgetting that it was God that delivered Judah into his hand. You can, you can be a child. No one, no, no one says you cannot be a child, but it is not permitted to be a child forever. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable even to his death. How are you in God? Are you growing? Is the word of God germinating in your heart? Why are you in church? Are you just in church to see people? Why did you give your life to Christ? Are you growing in the Lord? Are you feeding other people? Are you bringing people into God's kingdom that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable even to his death? God wants us even to grow in him. If we are not growing, he becomes very, very worried. Let us rise up on our feet. I want us to bless the Lord. I want us to worship him. I want us to exalt his name. I want us to honor him. I want us to adore him. Let's thank him for our lives. Thank him for your individual lives. Thank you for God bringing you into his kingdom. Thank you because he has introduced himself to you by bringing you into the kingdom. Thank God for the understanding that you have even of him. And I want you to pray. I want you to tell the Lord that God, encourage me. Let me have an encounter with you. No man has an encounter with God and remains the same all through the Bible. Everyone that has an encounter with God, they move to the next stage of their lives. Malika Shemorokosenke de Malika Shemorokose Mama. Malika Senke de Malika Shemorokose Mama. Rankalika Shemalika Senke de Morokoshe Malika Se Mama. Rankalika Shemalika Senke de Morokoshe Morokose Mama. Rankalika Shemalika Senke de Malika Shemorokose Mama. Malika senke di malika shemoroko senke de malika se mama. Rankalika shemoroko semoroko shemalika se mama. Malika senke di malika shemoroko senke di malika she mama. Lord, we are asking, O oh God, that you will appear to us. 
that you will cause us even to have encounters with you, O Lord. That you will introduce yourself, O God, to our lives and our situations, O God. Malika senke di moroko shemoroko senke de mama. Raka lika senke di malika shemoro. Jenke lika shemarika senke di malika se mama. Raka lika shemoroko senke di malika shemoroko se mama. Malika senke di malika shemoroko senke di moroko shemoroko se mama. Raka lika shemoroko se mama. My father and my God, introduce yourself to me and my situations, oh God. Malika shemoroko senke di moroko shemoroko se mama. Ranka lika shemoroko semoroko she mama. All through the Bible, Lord, you introduce yourself in different ways even to humanity. Lord, I am asking you, oh God, that you will introduce yourself to my situation. You will introduce yourself to my circumstances. You will introduce yourself to me, oh God. Rankalika shemoroko se mama. Rankalika senke dimoroko she mama. That I may move higher, oh God, even in my Christian race. To the glory and to the honor of your name, oh God. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you. of your glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 I want to sing I want to see you. Father, we want to thank you for this morning. We exalt your name for who you are. We are very aware that we cannot know everything about you. But one thing that we know is that as we forget those things that are behind, it becomes easy for us to run towards the mark of the eye calling in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we are asking you, O oh God, for grace this morning. Grace to walk with you. Grace to walk in you. Grace to grow in you. And Lord, we commit our circumstances into your hand. We are asking you, O oh God, that you will prove your power of resurrection. In all our circumstances. That those things that seem impossible. Those blessings that look as if they will never come again. We ask that the power of resurrection. Will be at work this morning. And will bring every impossibility. Into performance. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. In the name of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus name. We have prayed.
We hope you were blessed by that message. You can keep up with more of our content on our social media. God bless you.